Good afternoon. Welcome to everyone. It is a joy to gather during this Lenten season every year with uh, our sisters and brothers from the churches of Henderson, other churches around Henderson. It's uh, a time for us to, to share fellowship and insight and preparation as we journey together towards the cross during this Lenten season. Uh, these are indeed some special times and I, uh, that we share together each year, and I look forward to them every year, and, uh, and I treasure them in my heart. Just a, uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping things to take care of today. I hope everyone plans to stay after the uh, service for, for lunch. Uh, our folks have been working hard to prepare a, a great meal for everyone, and, uh, and I hope you'll stay and be a part of that. Uh, all you need to do to get lunch is to sit somewhere at a table. Uh, so just find a seat at a table, and we will serve you at your seat. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could begin your seating on this side. We have tables on both sides. If you wouldn't mind, begin your seating over here and uh, closer to the kitchen, and that will facilitate things. And I imagine you'll get your food quicker if you do it that way, too. Just a little incentive, um, and, and I would, we would appreciate that. And, and if you also don't mind, I'd like to take just a moment of personal privilege uh, to make an announcement to our com- community Baptist folks for uh, for just a minute. There, things are kind of developing quickly. Uh, the Red Cross is moving the, you know, we've, we've got some flood issues in, in the county, and we have a, um, uh, a shelter set up, and, and the Red Cross is moving the shelter from the gathering place here to Community Baptist Church this afternoon. And so that means we will not be having our regular Wednesday program, uh, Wednesday activities this evening here at Community. Baptist Church. So for you community Baptist folks, don't come here for dinner tonight. Uh, just eat enough this for lunch. Uh, thank you so much. We are glad that you are here and we welcome each of you. So let us begin now uh, with singing uh, that old, old gospel hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. Thank you. 
please remain standing. The responsive reading for today is really a prayer, so will you pray with me? God, we have begun a journey with you to the cross. The word is almost too big. We can't get our arms around it. Its meaning staggers us. When we are exhausted, raise us to walk again. When we stumble, help us up. When we want to turn back, keep encouraging us. May we take seriously the meaning of your cross as we take up ours, standing beside each other, daring one another to take the risk to ask so that together we can live out your mission in the world. Amen. It is great to share this time together with each of you, uh, to share this time of preparation and journeying towards the cross. Uh, I want to tell you a story about something that happened a while back. There was a, a news story that I ran across. Uh, it was about two young men who were charged with a convenience store robbery and the murder of uh, the clerk there in the store. But their fate was sealed um, through the, the surveillance camera because during the robbery, one of the men pulled his shirt up to cover his face, but in doing so, he revealed the strange words, forgive me, tattooed on his stomach. And on his back, there was a huge crucifix tattooed onto his back. Needless to say, it was not very difficult to identify this, these men. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, once said that if we mean by Christian what the New Testament means by Christian, then in any generation there may be five or six genuine Christians. And that's a hard statement to swallow, isn't it? But what he was referring to was his awareness of the radical nature of the lifestyle to which Christ has called us to live. Kierkegaard had a, a really hard time accepting the, the church of his time because he believed that it was so enmeshed in the, with the values of, of wealth and power and prestige that he, he didn't believe it could effectively proclaim the good news of Christ with any integrity. In fact, Kierkegaard once told about a time when he went into a magnificent cathedral in Copenhagen and he took his place in a pew to share in the Sunday worship. And he recalled how the sun was shining through the elegant, elegant stained glass windows and it glistened off of the uh, brilliant, brilliantly colored tapestries. He watched as the velvet-robed minister took his place behind the golden pulpit and opened the gilded Bible marked with a, a silk marker. And then he read these words. Jesus said, If anyone wants to be my disciple, let them deny themselves and take up their cross 
and follow me. And then Kierkegaard remarked, no one even laughed. (laughs) Here we are gathered as the faith community of Henderson, Kentucky, and we come from different churches and different denominations, and I would venture to say that most of us here love our churches, don't we? Uh, We love the music in our churches, whether it's a beautiful pipe organ or guitars and drums. We love the corporate prayers and liturgies, and we love to hear the Word of God expounded upon. We love the fellowship of being with sisters and brothers in Christ. Heck, some of you might even have some fondness for your preachers. I don't know. You see, church is a place where we can feel comfortable. It's a place where we feel safe. We're safe here. And there's a reason why the room in which we worship is sometimes called a sanctuary. It's a place of security. It's a place of of getting away from the hurried, cruel, desperate, needy world out there. And we we all need that from time to time, don't we? But I wonder if sometimes we take it too far. Yes, we do need a place of comfort and security to recharge our spiritual batteries. We need the encouragement of our brothers and sisters and pastors and friends. Uh, Even Jesus sought a quiet place to reconnect with his creator from time to time. But if you look at those times when Jesus withdrew from the crowds to be with God, you will notice that when he was done, he always returned to the crowds to fulfill his purpose of establishing his kingdom in the lives of others. And that, my friends, is our purpose as well. My point is that if we are truly to be followers of Jesus Christ, then we must leave the comfortable surroundings of our various churches from time to time and take up our cross in service to God and to others. Frederick Beekner once wrote about an experience that put this into perspective for, for him. He had been invited uh, to have dinner with his mother one evening, and just as they were sitting down to, to share their meal together, he received an urgent phone call from a friend who needed his help. Seems that this friend's uh, parents and sister had been involved in a serious automobile accident, and the doctors did not give them much hope. He was wondering if Meekner could come to the airport and sit with him while he waited for his flight to take him to his family. Well, Beekner says that his first response was fear. This man's grief made him afraid. It scared him. He also really wanted to share some time with his mother, but here was a friend who needed his help. And as, as Beekner reflected on this incident, he realized that his mother's apartment was a kind of sanctuary for him. And his friend's call for help was a call for him to leave this refuge and to return to the real world. And then Beekner said this, He said the shattering revelation of that moment was that true peace, the high and biting peace that passes all understanding, is not to be had in retreat from the battle, but only in the thick of it. 
You know, it is, it is very tempting for us to spend our lives in retreat, isn't it? I mean, if you're like me, you're busy. <laughs> We're all busy. We have so much going on in our lives. There's so much to do with, with work and at home and at school and other activities and our children. And, and it's easy to retreat behind the walls of our personal responsibilities and ignore the needs of our friends and our community and our world. But then we come, we come to today's scripture. It says, if anyone wants to become my follower, let them deny themselves. Let them take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, but those who lose their lives for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. So what does that mean? What does it mean to deny oneself and to take up the cross and follow Jesus? Well, Jesus had a definite mission when he came to this world, and he spelled that mission out at the very beginning of his ministry when he said, I have come to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which referred to a year of jubilee, a year of economic and social leveling a kind of uh, income redistribution, if you will. And you know, I, I, I think we do the gospel a great disservice when we limit the mission of Christ to simply getting people into heaven. He did that, of course. But I think the mission of Jesus had more to do with getting heaven into people than it did getting people into heaven. And that's why down through the ages, so much, of, so much that is good in our society has been done in the name of Jesus. Why do you think there are so many hospitals with religious names on them? Why do you think so many schools, including some of our most prestigious universities, began as religious institutions? Why do you think some of the most profound social reforms that have swept through our world have been led by people who were committed to Christ? It is because people of faith have taken the, the mission of Christ seriously. And they have denied themselves. And they have taken up their cross. And they have followed Jesus in fulfilling his mission of lifting up those who cannot lift up themselves. And if we are truly to be followers of Jesus Christ, then we too must leave our comfort zones of faith and give ourselves, ourselves in service to others. We are a couple of weeks into the season of Lent, and this is a time of repentance and sacrifice. And sometimes we give up something during these 40 days leading up to Easter, sometimes chocolate or soft drinks or desserts, and I bet you I've hit on some of you already. But here's a suggestion for you. I know that Lent has already begun and you've probably already made your Lenten commitments, but it's never too late to begin this. And as a matter of fact, it's something that we ought to be doing all year. Instead of giving something up like chocolate or desserts, why don't we give up ourselves? 
That's the spirit of this passage of Scripture. If anybody wants to become my follower, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. The best kind of Lenten sacrifice that we can make is that. So how do we do this? We do this by giving our time and our talent and our treasures to fulfill the mission that Jesus himself began here on, the, on earth. It is to become more than just an admirer of Jesus. It is to become a follower. And if we are truly a follower of Jesus Christ, then there is no escape from taking up the cross of servanthood like he did. For you see, that's what following Jesus is all about. It is about living a Christ-like life in the world, out there, not just here in the church. It's about heeding a friend's call for help. It's about looking for ways to improve our community. It is standing up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. It is helping those who cannot help themselves. It is doing those things that require us to get out of our comfort zone and focusing on the call of God to be in service to others. That's what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. I saw a writing a while back attributed to an 11-year-old that demonstrates our service to Jesus. It goes like this. I saw Jesus last week. He was wearing blue jeans and an old shirt. He was up at the church all alone and working hard. For just a minute, he looked a little like one of our members. But it was Jesus. I could tell by his smile. I saw Jesus last Sunday. He was teaching a Bible class. He didn't talk loud or, look or use long words, but you could tell he believed what he said. For just a minute, he looked like my Sunday school teacher, but it was Jesus. I could tell by his loving voice. I saw Jesus yesterday. He was at the hospital visiting a sick friend. They prayed together, and for just a moment, he looked like Mr. Jones, but it was Jesus. I could tell by the tears in his eyes. I saw Jesus this morning. He was in my kitchen making breakfast for me and a special lunch. For just a minute, he looked like my mom, but it was Jesus. I could feel the love from his heart. And it says, I see Jesus everywhere, taking food to the sick, welcoming others into his home, being friendly to strangers. And for just a minute, I think he's somebody else, but it's always Jesus. I can tell by the way he serves. My friends, that's the way it is when we take up our cross and follow Jesus. It is to take on a servant's heart. It is to work towards the completion of Jesus' mission. To have compassion for the poor, the needy, the lame, the imprisoned, the old, the frail, the hurting, and the displaced. And it is to recognize that the most important things that we do for Jesus are not necessarily done within the confines of our sanctuaries, 
but it's what we do out there as we follow Christ to the places where he is needed the most. So my prayer for each of us today is that the words of Christ would be fulfilled in each of our lives today and every day. Amen. remind you that our Good Samaritan Fund baskets are at the door. Um, the Ministerial Association uses that money um, to help those who are traveling through, who may need a tank of gas, who may need a place to stay, who may need a, ma- a meal. Um, so um, you may uh, drop that in the basket as you leave. As you go from this place, Remember that as we take up our cross, we share forgiveness.
powerful forgiveness. We share peace that passes all understanding. We share life and life more abundant. Now as we take up our cross, we share it with a world who needs it now more than ever. Take up your cross and follow. Amen.